Hi, this is Pastor John View from Millerville Community Church, uh, broadcasting live to you from our war room. This is a sermon from last Sunday, November 25th, in our sermon series, Total War. It's entitled, Your Army. We are nearing the end of this series, and there are a couple more key truths we want you to hear before we move on to greater things. So far, we have been learning about our war rooms and how to engage the enemy through prayer, faith, and the Word of God. Many of you are reading and have read The War Room, and now we have over 30 war rooms that we know of up and engaged in this battle for the kingdom of God. I want you to know you can still join this growing army of God and those who will stand with you against the enemy with skill, understanding, and the power of the Holy Spirit. They have put on the armor of God, and they carry the full authority of Christ with this uniform. We are united, focused, and growing stronger every day in the things of the Lord as we directly follow the orders from the Holy Spirit. There is much work to do and even greater things to come. This foundation we're building will go on long after this series is over as we move forward from victories and less defeats in our lives. So many of us have been fighting the good fight on our own, but we are much better together. As an army under one Lord, one faith, and one king, we want more than just belonging to one another in name only, but in actual support to one another as comrades in arms. We are leaking arms and covering each other in prayer to defeat the enemy and advance the cause of Christ. This may be one of the most critical tactics that has been missing from the church in recent years. We have been divided and disconnected, which is exactly what the enemy wants. Together, as an army of God, we are stronger and safer. Alone, we struggle and often fail because the task is so great. Our King Jesus is looking for an army of disciplined believers who rightly handle the Word of God and know how to take their united, strategic, and coordinated stand against the enemy of our souls. This army of God is bigger than you can imagine, more powerful than any government, military, or empire on this earth. This force is the advancing kingdom of God, and you can join this vanguard as it advances into every home and every heart. Jesus mobilized a small group of this army, and we can learn from this early engagement. It's found in the Gospel of Luke, chapter 10. We're going to read verses 16 through 24, and we're just starting with 17 to 19. The 72 returned with joy and said, Lord, even the demons submit to us in your name. He replied, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. I have given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and to overcome all the power of the enemy. Nothing will harm you. However, do not rejoice that the spirits submit to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. This passage is a scene of rejoicing after the battles have been fought and the disciples come back experienced soldiers who discovered that they have power and authority in the kingdom of God. We are starting to discover this as well. Jesus found 
as many willing hearts beyond the twelve he originally called, and he commissioned them as shock troops to go before him and prepare his way. At the start of the chapter, it says in Luke 10, chapter, chapter 10, verse 1, after this, the Lord appointed 72 others and sent them two by two ahead of him to every town and place where he was about to go. Jesus, the commanding general, laid out a map showing where he planned to go. And then he sent his troops in groups of two as an advanced force to prepare hearts and minds for his coming. With the authority of Jesus Christ and in his name, they healed the sick and they cast out demons. They were equipped, strategic, and empowered for the battle with evil to set the captive free and declare the coming of the kingdom of God. How exciting. Wouldn't you want to be one of those 72? Well, you can. We have many people going to their war rooms, seeking the voice of the Lord. They are seeking, asking, and knocking on the gates of heaven, and the Holy Spirit is speaking to them. Most of us are experiencing a very personal conversation with the Lord as he takes care of our first mission field, which is our own soul. He seems to be concerned about the speck of sawdust in our own eyes before we go and battle for the souls of others. He is getting us ready, cleaning us up, discipling us, and suiting us up in the armor of God. He did the same with the 72 before he sent them out two by two and three by three. And he wants us to be ready when we go to expand the kingdom of God along the route he wants to move. Luke chapter 10, verse 9, 10, and 11 says this, He tells his uh, followers and his troops, he says, Go and heal the sick who are there and tell them the kingdom of God has come near to you. But when you enter a town and you are not welcomed, go into the streets and say, Even the dust of your town we wipe off our feet as a warning to you. Yet be sure of this, the kingdom of God has come nearer. Whatever these 72 went out, wherever they went in their small teams of two, the kingdom of God came with power and authority to heal or to rebuke. The kingdom of God is the coming of the rule of our Lord Jesus Christ. We are declaring that Jesus Christ has the power and authority to oversee this world. We are inviting people to repent and become a part of that kingdom or suffer the judgment of rejecting that kingdom. You must be solid in your walk with the Lord and your family before you are ready to invade the enemy's territory in this way. When the Lord will have us ready for this mission like this, he lays out a map before us and where he wants us to go, and we need to be ready in our hearts, but also teamed up with other like-minded warriors. And no matter what the reaction is, whether people receive the word and are healed and we cast out demons, or whether people reject the word, the results don't determine our going. What matters is that we went and we did what the Lord asked us to do. Both are evidence of a successful warrior sent by God. We should not uh, go into this invasion without 
having each other's backs. Ecclesiastes chapter 4, 9 through 12, a famous passage says this, two are better than one because they have a good return for the labor. If either of them falls down, one can help the other up. But pity anyone who falls and has no one help them up. Also, if two lie down together, they will keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? Though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. A cord of three stands is not quickly broken. You may be mighty in prayer alone, but you can be mightier with someone joining you. The Bible says one will put a thousand of flight, meaning demonics, beings. One can send a thousand to flight, but two will put tens of thousands to flight. We find that in Leviticus chapter 26, verse 8, and Deuteronomy 32, 30. In other words, you can do 10 times as much with someone agreeing with you as you can by yourself. That's a good thought on which to meditate. There does have to be a great number of people for the prayer of agreement to work. There really doesn't have to be a lot. For example, a husband and wife can become mighty partners in prayer. A prayer agreement requires just two of you on earth agreeing according to God's word. <clears throat> we find in Matthew chapter 18, verse 19, when we come into this exciting level of warfare and start winning big battles, the emotional rush can carry us away. And that is why Jesus warns us in verse 20, however, do not rejoice that the spirits submit to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. In spiritual warfare, our focus should never be primarily on the enemy, but on our Lord Jesus Christ. Win or lose, what matters is our redemption as sons and daughters of God, not our battles on this earth. We are still walking by grace of God and not because we have earned any glory. All this happened and will happen is because of the mighty work of the Holy Spirit within us and the mercy of Jesus Christ that made all this possible through his death upon the cross. Good soldiers remain disciplined, level-headed, in defeat and victory, keeping the eyes fixed on the prize, waiting for us in heaven. This is a glimpse into the strategy of Jesus Christ to bring the kingdom of God on earth through the conversion of sinners to saints. He wants an army of the redeemed to go before him to prepare their hearts, and we get to be that disciplined force if we let him train us up. When this will happen in this congregation or anywhere else in this world, we will bring joy to the Lord, and he will brag about us before our Father God. Here's a revelation of what will be said. You can find in Luke 10, verses 16 through 24. And at that time, Jesus, full of joy through the Holy Spirit, said, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and learned and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for this is what you were pleased to do. All things have been committed to me by my Father. No one knows who the Son is except the Father. And no one knows who the Father is except the Son, and those to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. 
Everything we have heard and learned over the last several months and what we're about to experience in total war is being revealed to us because we are seeking, asking, and knocking in our war rooms. These exciting new truths and realities are hidden from many smart scholars and clever church leaders because the Lord is seeking the humble and disciplined soldiers to make up his army. This is primarily about pride. The great danger of success is falling into the trap of pride and arrogance. Proverbs 16:18 says, Pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before stumbling. We must always remember that the one of the key strategies that Jesus Christ uses to draw people to himself is to work through the most unlikely people he can find. To him, it makes no difference how flawed we are, only that we are humble and willing to follow and obey, giving him all the glory for each and every victory. Here is that strategy in a nutshell. You'll find it in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, 26 through 31. For consider your calling, brethren, that there were not many wise according to the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble. But God has chosen the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. And God has chosen the weak things of the world to shame the things which are strong. And the base things of the world to despise God has chosen the things that are not, so that he may nullify the things that are, so that no man may boast before God. But by his doing you are in Christ Jesus, who became to us wisdom from God, and righteousness, and sanctification, and redemption, so that, just as it is written, let him who boasts, boast in the Lord. To really understand this passage, I like a paraphrase from the book, The Message. (laughs) Here it goes. Take a good look, friends, at who you were when you got called into this life. I don't see many of the brightest and the best among you. You're not many influential, not many high society families. Isn't it obvious that God deliberately chose men and women that the culture overlooks and exploits and abuses, chooses these nobodies, to expose the hollow pretensions of the somebodies. That makes it quite clear that none of you can get by by blowing your own home before God. Everything that we have, right thinking, right living, a clean slate and a fresh start, all this comes from God by the way of Jesus Christ. That's why we have this saying, if you're going to blow a horn, blow a trumpet for God. The critical part of this strategy of choosing the weak to overcome the strong is to know the Lord. Knowing the Lord is where our orders come from, our unity, our very salvation from sin. We can only really know him when we know his voice and pay attention to what he is speaking to our hearts. That is what Jesus said in verse 22. All things have been committed to me by my Father. No one knows who the Son is except the Father. And no one knows who the Father is except the Son. And those to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Knowing about God is not the same as knowing the voice of the Lord in your spirit. You must be born again to know the Lord in this way.
Luke 10, verse 23 and 24. Then he turned to his disciples and he said privately, Blessed are the eyes that see what you have seen. For I tell you that many prophets and kings wanted to see what you see, but did not see it, and to hear what you hear, but did not hear it. What the Lord accomplished through those 72 humbled and disciplined warriors that day was rare and powerful. This was an event that all of history had built up to for thousands of years. Prophets and kings knew it was coming and wanted to be alive on the day that it came. A unified, disciplined, and humble army of God is still a rare thing, and not many have seen it happen. But that doesn't mean it can't happen. This is the last sight that Satan and his demons want to see, and it is the hope and the desire of Jesus Christ to send us out before his coming kingdom. If we let him, he will raise us up as an army right here in this place as his people. I believe he has already over 30 committed warriors who are being raised up by the Holy Spirit right now within our congregation. Yet, this is not the only army we have as believers. We have an unseen heavenly host about us who are eager to follow our lead into battle. If I could open your spiritual eyes to see the heavenly armor and the army about us, it would take your breath away. I believe they've been growing in number over these last few months as prayers rise from our lips to engage the enemy. We can find this in 2 Kings chapter 6, verse 17. Then Elijah prayed and said, O Lord, I pray, open his eyes that he may see. And the Lord opened the servant's eyes, and he saw, and he, behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elijah. What kind of warrior angels are gathering? Joshua got a sneak peek at one when he was observing the movements of the enemy. Joshua chapter 5, 13 through 15 says, Now it came about when Joshua was by Jericho and its walls, that he lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, a man was standing opposite him with a sword drawn in his hand. And Joshua went to him and said, Are you for us or for our adversaries? And he said, No. Rather, I indeed came now as the captain of the host of the Lord. And Joshua fell on his face to the earth and bowed down and said to him, what has my Lord to say to his servant? The captain of the Lord's host said to Joshua, Remove your sandals from your feet, for the place where you are standing is holy. And Joshua did so. This mighty army that is already encamped about us is not ours to command, but are under the rule of Christ. They obey him, but are here to give aid to our battles. It says in Psalms 91, 11 through 12, for he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways, and on their hands they will bear you up, lest you strike your foot against a stone. Hebrews 1, verse 14 says, 
are not all angels ministering spirits sent to serve those who will inherit salvation. All this gathering army among the saints and angels is because of the work we have begun together in our war rooms. Things are getting serious now, so we must resolve not to falter until we see the great and mighty hand of God move in our midst. Let me leave you with this final passage from Ephesians chapter 6, verse 18. In the same way, prayer is essential to the ongoing warfare. Pray hard and long. Pray for brothers and sisters. Keep your eyes open. Keep each other's spirits up so that no one falls behind or drops out. May the Lord bless the reading of his word. This live recording is made possible by the generous donation and support of our subscribers. If you would like to join the growing community of seekers and believers who support MCC podcasts, just go to our website, www.millervillechurch.org, and you can make your online donation.